0: ongoing series Basic Notions of Metaphysics we'll talk about univocal concept of being. Now at the outset I'll have to make few distinctions. Namely Basic Notions of Metaphysics series uh, is focused on what is called traditional metaphysics. That is to say, metaphysics that has some propositions and uh, features that are not really present anymore uh, in modern age, or even as we shall see in this podcast before modern age, and uh, a univocal concept of being. In my opinion, very humble opinion because this is very difficult subject, and I'll just give an outline of the problem univocal concept of being namely is not a notion of metaphysics in the sense I consider something to be basic notion of metaphysics. In fact I would be so bold to claim that univocal concept of being is a basic notion of modern metaphysics. And modern metaphysics and traditional metaphysics are, in my opinion, not really opposed as two contraries or true contradictions, or even as one might infer uh, positive or negative of something, as modern metaphysics would be a downright negation of traditional metaphysics. This is not how things work in history of ideas and in history in general. Or let's go the furthest and say in reality things go, don't go uh, in that clear-cut way. Modern metaphysics is I would uh, say a kind of uh, drift from the origins of metaphysics and drift Uh, and moving away in a particular uh, direction and a kind of dispersion of the essence of metaphysics and, and, and meaning of metaphysics which ends up in the present age in which we live but this age is not modern age anymore and what we now might call metaphysics is not modern metaphysics it is a veritable negative of all metaphysics which has many manifestation from manifestations from post-humanism sustainable development all kinds of uh, technological uh, system theories and so on and so forth but for the sake of brevity we won't be able to go too much into this now i just wanted to to put this uh, remark to, let's say, clarify things a bit before we proceed, because really univocal concept of being cannot be put in the same sentence even as uh, being, as a reality, as it is understood by Thomas Aquinas. Uh, The difference uh, between traditional notion of being and univocal notion or concept of being is a difference, in my opinion, between heaven and earth. It's so, it's something that is worlds apart. Uh, So I mentioned Thomas Aquinas not by accident, uh, because... uh, Uh, Univocal concept of being is uh, usually and uh, rightly uh, tied to the name of John Donne Scott, uh, British uh, or Scottish, uh, and some even say maybe Irish philosopher. uh, From late thirteenth, early fourteenth century, he died very young. Uh, Died, I think, in the first decade of uh, fourteenth century, and uh, it is. uh, very often uh, put in a kind of critical opposition to thomas aquinas Uh, this is not really true Uh, duns scotus had uh, uh, written a critical works on so-called thomists of his own age uh, who already kind of and drifted away from the original, not simply Thomas Aquinas's uh, uh, metaphysics or doctrine, but I would even venture to say uh, from this traditional understanding of metaphysics, now not to keep you in dark anymore, if you are a newcomer to Cali Tribune, I'll explain what I think exactly by this traditional notions of metaphysics. And I will refer here to my previous podcast in this series, series Analogia Entis. Because there you have a kind of more or less exhaustive explanation of what I mean by uh, kind of a traditional understanding of being as reality or being as act or being as energia, which is not present anymore with univocal concept of being. I'll just reiterate quickly. So, originally or traditionally, being, please, please, uh, please bear this in mind, being is not a concept. There are all kinds of reasons, all of them good ones, why it is not a concept. What boggles the mind sometimes, especially in modern and postmodern men, is that being is nevertheless understood in some way. It is intelligible in some way, yet it is never a concept. Univocal concept of being is precisely what it says on the tin. It is a concept. For duns Scotus, being is concept. For Aristotle, for Plotinus, for Proclus, for Meister Eckhart, for Thomas Aquinas and numerous others, being is not a concept. Being is reality. What kind of reality and how we approach this reality and can we at all approach this reality is a different, separate question. But important thing to bear in mind at the outset is that being is not a concept. We can have concept of being of course, we must have it in order to uh, talk about being in general. And I have to use some kind of concept now when I am uh, making this podcast. But the primary instance that is the subject of metaphysics Asciencia transcendence is not concept. In dunscot it is. Now, how that came to pass? Let's say at the outset what, what it means for some notion to be univocal. I'll put it in the context of three ways to use the same word and same notion correspondingly to express different beings or different things first would be equivocity if I say for instance that this is a man for instance Branco is a man meaning me and uh, let's say for instance uh, painted image of man is a man let's say i see uh, the the painting of uh, human features and point my finger and say ha this is a man i use the same word to describe or to denote or to point out realities that have no inner connection so there is no inner connection between actual man (coughs) and painted man there can be, mind you, metaphorical connection, but this is a separate issue, and I refer you once again to my podcast on analogia entis because I have to, uh, I have something to say about these things. So, in in terms of traditional metaphysics uh, from Middle Ages, so for scholastics, high scholastic metaphysics, uh, this is purely accidental, as opposed to substantial connection between name concept and the thing things are completely disparate and only by accident do we call them by the same name <laughs> we don't express the same reality the other notion would be analogical as it became known in middle ages and this is the notion according to which uh, two different things uh, spoken as one as sharing something co- in common uh, so far as they can be called by the same name uh, and be predicate or uh, excuse me be predicated the same essential quality and this is what Aristotle called proshen legomena things said according to one or things said according to first instance and that was a famous Example of health when he says that uh, we say healthy features, healthy body, uh, healthy complexion, healthy animal, all or healthy procedure, all are in accordance to one instance that is the health itself or healthiness itself. So, everything is spoken of in a different degrees of coming close to the original reality of health. Or original actuality or act of being healthy. Uh, as you can see already, there is an inner connection. And what confuses people and what confused people even in the Middle Ages... One generation after Thomas Aquinas, as much as I can see, is, I think, this word analogy. Because originally, this was not called analogy, as I said in, in Greek uh, uh, traditional Greek metaphysicians. Uh, maybe okay, maybe in Neoplatonics later, uh, but analogy kind of implies four terms. Uh, this this is different kind of analogy. This is in fact a causal relationship of participation and upon this uh, the for instance traditional uh, understanding of being is being built upon because being is the first instance of everything that is to say everything is can be spoken as participating in being in some way and this is what connects all different uh, different thing different beings that exist now of course i'm being very sparse here because this is not a su- uh, subject of the podcast but i'll return to this uh, to this subject later in full because it is very important to make a contrast between this participatory understanding of being and the concept of being namely this, what is participated is in analogy, is not a concept. So, <clears throat> for instance, uh, when we talk about so called names of God, and this is the original uh, place where, where the doctrine of analogy, for example, in Thomas Aquinas, was developed uh, in commentary on diva- divine names by Pseudo Dionysius, Areopagita. Uh, the, problem, the main problem is how you use qualifications or predications about God and predications about creature uh, in a way that these created uh, things predicated have something in common with uncreated things predicated. How, for instance, uh, God's wisdom can have any semblance with uh, to human wisdom something that is completely different well the thing is that uh, as, as aquinas would uh, ingeniously put it uh, god has wisdom essentially whereas man has wisdom by participation and you, is very interesting this human wisdom which participates in a some kind of way in divine wisdom as an effect participates in cause is autonomous thing it is different it is infinitely different than god's wisdom this is very important to understand so this is not a the concept these are different realities and this uh, between created and uncreated there is a infinite uh, difference An infinite distance, which is, in in, in fact, interesting because uh, the distance is infinite because, (laughs) paradoxically, uh, the original, the essential, the the uncreated is ever-present in created. Because it cannot be... uh, It has to be ever-present because it is what creates the created and create a uh, creative act of god is not being understood as some kind of something that happened in the past and it's over it is a continuous uh, we can imagine it as continuous but in its essence it will be a kind of eternal instance of uh, keeping things in existence so it's ever present but also by by its very ever-presence inconceivable. What we conceive is the likeness of this act. And we know that it is the likeness of the original, although we cannot conceive the original. And this is something that kind of like makes uh, people who want to have conceptual systems crazy, because upon this you cannot build a system. When somebody tells you, <clears throat> that Aristotle or Aquinas or Plato had system, shoot the man. <laughs> Sorry, he's he's wrong, and I say this and I repeat this oftentimes, uh, because uh, you can uh, you can read uh, works of excellent uh, scholars in philosophy who 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 just don't see this. This is very important to understand. Because this is how dif- you differentiate uh, the fundamentals. And the fundamentals in a very obvious sense, but also in the sense w- which is very easy to oversee. And then you have completely wrong conclusions. I believe that something like this happened with uh, Duns Scott and his univocal notions of be- notion of being... Not in the sense that I'm condemning Scotus for something. Here, this is his very difficult thinker. And I don't consider myself to be such an expert to say something like this. But what happened to him with the univocal concept of being is that he just couldn't, for some reason, couldn't see the reality of uh, this energetic concept notion energetic reality in fact of being you have in aquinas where in fact talking of being uh, in general this metaphysical supposedly abstract terms are in fact a series of like theophanies where uh, in every being you you see this revelation of god's creative act and this was normal. For instance, it's so normal for Aquinas that he he, for instance, very rarely reflects upon it explicitly. So it's very uh, uh, very easy to miss it because this is the natural kind of like uh, reality, intellectual reality in which he moves. This also applies to many uh, other philosophers, even mm-hmm. from from pre Christianity. Uh, you can you can see this thing. But in some, as we shall see, we don't see this. So we come uh, uh, at at last to the univocal concept of being. Now what is univocal concept of being? When I say uh, Branko is a man and Socrates is a man. The notion of man, the concept of man is univocal in both guys. Me and the great, great Greek. That rest his soul. So this is univocality We are members of same species and same genera we share definition we have uh, not only connection but we are uh, in, in respect to our nature uh, one So in this way uh, in, 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 for instance in natural world, univocal concept of being is uh, ever, uh, univocal concepts are ever present because causal relations that are expressed in predication for instance that uh, one animal begets the animal of the same species this makes both of these animals obviously univocal uh, concepts of these animals or concepts of these animal natures let's say this is univocal concept of it. But how to put this in metaphysics? And this was something that Dun Scotus intended to do. Now, he missed one very important point. Now, his uh, uh, debates, uh, not explicit debates alive, but uh, debates through books with some of the so-called Dominican Thomists, were Mm -hmm. about this notion of analogy that he couldn't accept. Uh, And people think that these were critiques of Thomas Aquinas, but they weren't. Because their understanding of Thomas Aquinas, that is to say those so-called followers of Aquinas, was already uh, completely distorted. And mind you, this is not something I'm saying like kind of one guy who had a light bulb eureka moment and understood this but this is something that is already common knowledge in the scholarly world at least in europe i don't know for in in german speaking and 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 some dutch dutch scholars i read Uh, but and it is very obvious when you read the original works because you always have to read original works obviously Uh, only a real objection that Scotus has on Thomas Aquinas is what reveals his kind of like misstep or even changing of direction that leads metaphysics into modernity. Uh, He says uh, the metaphysics, human mind must have the proper object. The proper object of uh, mind or intellectus is being. Being is the first notion of intellect. Now, this is something that Thomas Aquinas also says, but uh, with quite a different meaning for Thomas. Being is the first thing that falls upon intellect. But by this, he doesn't mean concept of being. He means being as act. Uh, Greek word energeia, uh, translated as... appropriately as actus in latin uh, everything that is is primarily an act so the first thing that hits you (laughs) that hits the intellect every intellect is being because being is common to all the actuality is the first that is present in all beings and it bears fruit in something that thomas calls ens universalis uh, the one common beingness of all, which is, as he says, first created thing. Not in the sense that God created some kind of substrate, abstract substrate called being, and then all other beings fell upon it to have something to stand on. <laughs> that would be matter. But this is not it. Uh, the, uh, the being is first created because being is ever present in this con- uh, permanent act of creation ever-present act of creation Uh, when you say that you have being in thomas aquinas for instance uh, you have two things which are one which can be distinguished which are really distinguished but also united in this distinction those are the essence this is the nature which for instance you and I as men or women have, for instance, my essence is that I am a human being, an act of being. Act of being is this energy and it is primary. Act of being is what makes this nature real. So nature, uh, nature is something that contracts this act of being to this particular unique instance. The being in general is... Uh, the commonality of not only of these acts of beings but of all of that commonality in the sense that uh, everything that is is composed of nature or essence and the act of being and the thing that unites them making them real and unique is God's act? It's the fact that they are created. The act of creation, and this is being. This is the first thing that hits the mind, but it is not. And this is this is where the uh, the problem begins, for Duns Scotus. This is not a concept. This is not something you know. This is the first thing to know, but initially it doesn't have to be known. Why? Because, as Thomas says, uh, all human knowledge must first come through senses. This does not mean that uh, being is something uh, that ke- that is sensible primarily. It is not. It transcends sense. It is, uh, in fact, intellectual. In a, in a uh, whatever, uh, Excuse me, not in a sense that it is a notion. But in the sense that it is uh, non-material, that is, uh, although it 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 imbibes even the matter, everything that is can be called being, because it is present in it. But it is not a concept, and it is not primarily understood. It is what you acquire by the second acts. Uh, I am sorry, but by the act of resolution which is translation, resolution of uh, Greek word analysis, into it. Because you can resolve everything into being. And this means primarily in Thomas Aquinas, you can resolve every effect into its actual cause. Every potentiality or partial actuality in the pure energeia of being. Uh, you cannot comprehend it because of its pureness. Uh, but you can comprehend everything else in its light. And uh, metaphysics, the object, being as object of metaphysics means that metaphysics is a science, scientia transcendence, science of all things uh, in the light of of this first instance that unites them. You cannot turn it into concept, you cannot uh, kind of like focus on it, but you have to resolve everything in it. Everything is kind of like um, given in its light. And he really uses uh, the, uh, the image of light to, uh, to describe it. Uh, I talked more about this in my previous already referred podcast. Namely, so this is being is the proper object of intellect. Dun Scotus says the same thing, but he objects to Thomas Aquinas that for him the material substance, sensible substance is the first object of intellect. And this is wrong. This is not true. Uh, material uh, substance that is to say, substance of being that can be perceived uh, is not the proper object of human knowledge but the first object of human knowledge in temporal sense. This is the first things you know, first things you encounter because we are bodily, corporeal creature, creatures, but through them you, through perception, through understanding of what is material, you come to what is not material. You come back to their causes. And this is something that Scotus kind of like skipped in Thomas. So what he wants is uh, the pure concept of being. He thinks that metaphysics is impossible if we don't have the pure concept of being. And this concept of being has to be univocal. And I will give you a definition. There are a few arguments he gives, very simple arguments about why being is univocal. Quote, Donskotus from his Ordinatio, I designate that concept univocal which possesses sufficient unity in itself. So that to affirm and deny it of one and the same thing would be a contradiction. This is simplicity itself. Now what it means by this? Well, he, he wants to say that every notion you have, uh, every two notions you have, for instance, created and uncreated, can be in oppositions. Let's say, Created being and uncreated being. Those are for him two concepts. What do they have in common that you cannot erase? Being. I can doubt whether human being is created or uncreated. I can doubt about the nature of uncreated being. That is God. One thing I cannot doubt in both of those concepts is the concept of being itself. Now note one extremely important thing. Doubt. Anybody with experience in philosophy can already uh, notice something from quite later age than late 13th early 14th century namely seventeenth century and rene descartes doubt is very important for him also to find the first per- first principle that he found uh, that he found in consciousness and its relation relation between finite and in- infinite consciousness in very scholastic late scholastic terms mind you but that's a story in itself This is, in my opinion, inception of modern approach, because nothing of this sort you can find before in Thomas, in Eckhart, in Aristotle, anybody of them. It may seem, and it did seem to people like Scotus that that was the case, but it wasn't. They don't use this argument from subjectivity. In order for Duns Scotus to come to the univocal notion of being, he has to employ this element of a relation of this concept to the one who creates the concept, that is to say human being. And this is the inception of modern philosophy. The uh, univocal, furthermore, univocal concept of being is completely simple. This means that it, it doesn't have any... Of the attributes it is present in so in this uh, example of created and uncreated being nothing uh, pertaining to created or uncreated can be present in being in univocal concept of being it is pure and simple and you might ask yourself what kind of concept that is that is so pure and simple that it doesn't have genera and species because every concept is built upon genus proximum and differentia specifica approximate genus and specific difference so when i have concept uh, of of man that is rational animal let's say intellectual animal or intellectual living being uh, we have a synthesis of animality and intellectuality in, in all concepts are like that. In concept of, uh, univocal concept of being, there is none of that because it has to be completely simple. And Duns Scotus, alas, calls it a transcendental concept. Now, about transcendentals, I spoke very often uh, before. Uh, I'll just remind you on one thing, if you're following Kali Tribune, if not, I'll say this first, you'll hear this first time. Transcendentals as the most universal modes of being are not concepts. So when uh, being, uh, about which we are talking all the time, it, when Thomas, for instance, says that being is transcendental or, or, or even when, when Albertus Magnus, Albert the Great says, being is transcendental what he means is reality when he say the truth is transcendental and convertible with being because it has the same extension it is being in the mode of truth it is kind of like specific further specification of truth but uh, of being but being as a reality we of course make concepts about this so we can talk about it but Uh, I would say that when you talk about things like transcendentals, like pure reality of energeia and so on, you are already using even concepts as a kind of symbols. Because all those things transcend concepts for a simple reason, for many reasons, but the simplest logical and ontological reason is that they transcend genus, uh, genera. There is no genera of being. Because every genera must be contracted by species. Uh, n- nothing can contract being, because being, being is present is every, in everything. The only side thing outside being is non-being, which has nothing to do with being, obviously. And as you can see, I believe, in, in Duns Kotos, the difference comes to pass where this all becomes conceptual. And this, I would add, uh, gives uh, gives rise to possibility of creating a system system of concepts. One very important feature of modern metaphysics is that it is systematic metaphysics. It seeks systems. You have to, you cannot have the system of energeia <laughs> of being that is. A reality created reality and it is recognized as created reality uh, because it is higher than the mind itself why Thomas insists on for instance on this uh, sensual experience as the first uh, as something we cannot escape from uh, two things first because he's Christian and this is important because this highly differentiates him from Plato and Aristotle, who would say much the same thing at the outset, even Plato, mind you, not only Aristotle, that all uh, knowledge comes first through experience, and then you revert to what is uh, before sensible in Aristotle to causes, in uh, Plato also in causes, but also in, in intelligible forms and so on. But in Thomas... Uh, the very important thing is this Christianity of his. Uh, God created man in body, as embodied, and a man, in the present state, in statu as they would say in Middle Ages, is not man in his original form. Our senses are not subordinated to higher principles, but are running amok, running wild. We are fallen creatures. And this is the only way, but this remains the only way how we come to knowledge in the heavenly state or, or original state of man. Uh, this knowledge came in a different form and pro- more imme- immediate and uh, with different uh, different consequences. But in this life we have to do what, what with what we have. This is very important. Uh, this is the first thing. And the second thing is uh, that reality of being into which after a long process of reversion uh, from these uh, effects into causes, into invisible principles of reality which are the first by nature in the process of cognition but not first in time, in succession uh, you cannot turn them into kind of system or concepts because you have to recognize that you are uh, below them on ontological and metaphysical scale. They are higher than us. So we cannot, we can never comprehend them in the conceptual sense, in the sense that we could uh, externalize them. Because conceptualizing something in the systematic form is externalizing. It's a kind of a reification. As they say sometimes in philosophy, uh, when you take something, for instance, that is uh, live, dynamic, thinking, and so on, and turn it into something uh, which is static uh, and frankly dead, in a, uh, what they say, turning things into abstraction. And this is uh, the verdict on philosophy very often, but this is the verdict that is acquired, that was acquired. Uh, very recently, in fact, in modern age, in, in at the dawn of modernity, this is the feature of modern metaphysics because modern metaphysics does this, and we'll finish on this note. One more feature of univocality, which is which is very important, univocal concept of being does not recognize hierarchy, and traditional metaphysics is, bar nothing, create uh, absolutely. Uh, based on hierarchy and hierarchical notions. Everything, nothing is equal to anything else. <coughs> Excuse me, in traditional metaphysics, nothing. Mind you, let us turn to our example of, of Scotus for univocal concept of being. Created being and uncreated being are equally being. So this concept is indifferent and uh, Duns Scotus uses this word indifferent. It is, unif- it is unifying disparate beings, making them one, only by its indifference. And this means that, in conceptual sense, when you work on univ- univocal concept of being on the basis of univocal concept of being, there is no hierarchy of being initially. Hierarchy is secondary, something that you acquire only later in different ways. I don't think it works at all. I think that once you start from this notion, uh, you kind of end up with flat and indifferent notions. So you have system in which you have men, you have angels, and you have God, but they are all concepts this is not something that really and now i'll have to be subjective cannot touch you intimately cannot really move anything Uh, duns uh, let us uh, repeat once more Uh, this was uh, not the only thing that duns scotus uh, was famous for and this is not to condemn him uh because uh There are other other, uh, philosophical works of his uh, his philosophical accomplishments and even more theological accomplishments that uh, kinda like are not related to this notion. But this one notion is what is famous for, and I think that uh, this notion is very dangerous. It is not you could say that you couldn't say that he's really wrong in the sense that there is no univocal concept of being. He is wrong only if he thinks that there is a univocal being. Because in traditional metaphysics, thing is reality. Being is reality of which you make concept, not a concept. And if Duns Scotus understood it only as a concept, okay. Let's say that this is valid, but if he thought that it is that there are only concepts, then we have a problem because then we have hundreds of years later Gilles Deleuze, who is using this notion of his in his own interpretation to prove that there is there are no hierarchies in his project of uh, establishing difference before being an um, well post-modernity. What can I say? It would be uh, too far now to go go into explicating that, but suffice it to say, uh, you have a situation where there is no higher or lower, there is no better or worse, there is no more beautiful than ugly, and so on and so forth. And most of all, there is no more being and less being which is something, not in quantitative sense, of course, which is the mainstay of traditional metaphysics. It is a necessity. And as I said, in my opinion, this is in fact the inception of modern philosophy. But as we are hitting our 45 minutes mark, I think this will suffice for this time. Thank you for your attention. This was Branko Malic of Cali Trivion signing out.